Welcome to the last class of the last class. This has been the strangest class I've ever done. I have not been 80% or 90%. I've been, you've been lucky if I've been 25% most of the days. But anyway, I do thank you, all of you that have uh, come so faithfully. And uh, the request, Angie, where's my black case? I left it in the car. Okay. Talk among yourselves. No, I'll, I'll, I'll say a little bit while she goes and gets it. Anyway, uh, probably my problem is low blood pressure. That has not been mentioned until recently, but I've probably been suffering for it, from it for years. And taking blood pressure, I've, I've ignored the bottom number. Okay, now don't, don't, don't get any of my, <laughs> my dessert there. Kid, you can nip along if you want Anyway. I've ignored the lower number. Some of you know what it, what it has to do with. When we talk about high blood pressure, I was always looking at the upper number. And of course, low blood pressure is never mentioned. But anyway, apparently, 80 is the preferred number for the lower. 60 is the utmost lowest number I was 45 last night. So, that means, I don't, I don't even know what percentage I'm at today. But anyway, we're here today. And uh, I, hope to, I hope to get through today. It's, like I say, it's been strange. I've been in and out of the hospital and having this and that and all these things. But you've, you've been faithfully going with me. Now, the request was that I go a little farther on the demo. Now, I hope you understand the purpose of the demo is not for you to write down what I say and then repeat <laughs> The purpose of the demo is to show that the principle, you've got a, a number here <laughs> marked, Beside it, you've got the next passage you're going to turn to, and you tell them to turn to that passage, they turn to that passage, you ask them to read it, you ask them questions to try to bring out uh, what, what is happening right there. Does anybody need a... Uh, mark, mark your Bible sheet. Everybody have their mark their Bible sheet. if anybody needs it. Anyway, I assure you that if I were teaching the same, same 
passages that I use with Drake, uh, I would I'll probably say different things. That's not important. You've got a specific points you're trying to make, and you make other comments as you think about them. Okay, Drake, you ready? Let's shove those on down. Oh, you're right, you're right here. Sorry about that, Riley. Can you get behind me, or do I need to move out of the way? That's the way you ask all of your students. <laughs> Just practicing immersion. <laughs> well, Drake, it's good to see you again today. Good to see you. I uh, hope everything's been going well with you since last time. Mm -hmm. Everything all right? Yeah. Are you ready to study? Uh, hopefully. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now you remember last time we studied, put up here at the top, Jesus and salvation, right? Drew a line, drew a line down here, begin writing passages down here, and I hope you had a chance to look at those. And uh, kind of checking, you know, passages before passages that it says exactly what we've talked about. Are you okay on that? Mm -hmm. Okay, now we studied that our authority should be the Bible. Not my opinion, not your opinion. And then we kind of fine-tuned that and said specifically for those who want to be Christians, it's the New Testament. But the Old Testament was a covenant with the Jews and uh, for them, and the New Testament is a covenant with Christians. So we've been looking at the Christ, Christian, uh, at the New Testament, right? Now, we want to start looking in the New Testament with the fact that uh, there's a problem, a serious problem today, and that problem is sin. And, and we know that the passage says, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. It's a serious problem. You and I can't, uh, uh, can't take care of the problem by ourselves. We can't earn our salvation. So we put down here, the solution, Jesus. God sent love, so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. John 3, 16, we noted right. And we noted he came to seek and save the lost, and finally he died for us. All right? And then we started noticing, well, how do we, how do we take advantage of what Jesus has done for us? And we noted we can't earn our salvation. That's where we were last time. We can't earn our salvation but we have to appropriate it by doing what, what Jesus said. Hebrews said he's the author of eternal salvation to all them that obey him. Yeah, that's, that's where we got to the last time. Do you have any questions about that? Oh, okay, we're ready, we're ready to go on then uh, today. Let's, let's begin to talk about what Jesus has asked us to do. 
I want you to turn, first of all, uh, back to John 3.16. I'm doing this because we didn't, we had it last time, and normally I wouldn't have it read it twice, but I, I just want to start with a word. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. And what does that say we need to do to have eternal life? Uh, believe in him. Believe. Okay, we're going to put right here, number one. Believe, and I'll put down John three sixteen again since we just since we just looked at that. Now, uh, other passages we noted Ephesians uh, chapter four. We're not going to look at it right now, but it says, "By faith, by grace we saved through faith, but not of works, lest any man should boast." So faith is important, and, and Belief, or I, I think I'll also write here beside it, faith. Belief, faith uh, is so important. This is the foundation. Everything else that we're going to talk about is based on our faith. And if there is no faith, nothing else makes any sense. Nothing else, nothing else works, if I can put it that way. So we got to believe. Uh, I have another passage, and incidentally, to try to keep it a little simple, I'm not using my Bible trying to open it. I'm just going, I want to use this. I do not recommend you have this laying on the table that you need it. Okay. If I can, if I can read this. Uh, let's go to John chapter 8, verse 24. John. John chapter 8, verse 24. I told you that you would <clears throat> I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Okay, do you know who's speaking there? Is it Jesus? Jesus. Jesus tells the Jews, unless you believe that I am he, and he's talking about the coming Messiah, the one they were looking for, their coming Savior and King. Unless you believe that I am he, what's going to happen? Did I'm this one, what was going to happen to them? Uh, die in their sins. I like to say again, this is so important. Now, it needs to be an expressed faith. Okay, it's not a dead faith. It needs to be an expressed faith. And we're going to look at a uh, passage in James chapter 2. Verse 24. James 2, 24. If you'll turn there, please.
24? 24. Okay. <clears throat> you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay, so read the formula again. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Okay. Now this is not works of merit. We've already found out from Ephesians. We're, we're not saved by works of merit. These, these are an expression of faith. But not what? By, what was the expression again? Um, uh, justified by works. No, but, but and not by faith alone. Faith alone, or faith only. Some people teach salvation by faith only, but, but the Bible does not teach that. I'll say we have believed. Now let's turn to Luke, the 13th chapter, and verse 3. Luke 13, 3. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, <clears throat> you will all likewise perish. Okay. Well, what does it say we have to do or perish? Repent. Repent. So let's write number two. Repent. Now repent means a change of mind that results in a change of life. You believe in Jesus, this makes you look at your life and you say, Oh, I'm not I'm not living like Jesus would want me to live. And so you decide in your mind, I'm gonna change my life. That's repentance. And if it's true repentance, it results in a change of life. Now this has been said to be the hardest part of becoming a Christian because it involves a change. Change is never easy, is it? Change is never easy. I'm going to guess even graduating from high school was not easy. <laughs> and whatever we, whatever we do in life, whether, whether we change jobs, whether we change uh, something else, that's always hard. So this is a hard thing, to change our lives and follow Jesus. Okay, let's go ahead and look at another passage on that. Uh, on, on the matter of uh, repentance. Let's turn to Acts 17 and verse 30. The time, <clears throat> the times of ignorance God overlooked but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Okay, this is Paul, what we usually call a sermon on Mars Hill. Your translation may have the Areopagus, I'm not sure. But anyway, he's preaching here to these uh, elite philosophers, and he says, God commands all men everywhere to do what? Uh, repent. To repent. So that's all of us. All of us have to repent. Okay. Do you have any questions so far?
Incidentally, I'm going to give you one question. <laughs> if, you, if you feel like I ask a question anytime, come on ahead. Okay, now let's move on to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. For this is what the promise said. About this time next year I will return, and Sarah... I don't believe that's quite right. Oh. Romans 10. Oh, Romans 10 and Romans 9. My bad. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one, mouth one confesses and is saved. Okay, this is an interesting verse. It has faith in there. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. But what else does it have in addition to faith? Uh, confession. Confession. I've had people say, see right there, that says we're saved by faith only. No, it doesn't. It says we're saved by faith plus confession. Faith must be expressed. It must be a living faith, not a dead faith like what in James T. A living faith. In this case, it's faith plus an expression, a confession of that faith. As we'll see in a minute, we're supposed to believe before we're baptized. But I can't baptize you unless you believe. But how, how do I know you believe? Who I say it. You tell me, right? Yeah, or I may ask you and you respond. But some way, some way you have to confess your faith in Jesus. So this is a very strong passage uh, on confession before being, being, uh, being saved. We believe and confess. Now this is not a confession of sins. You know, John, John the baptizer's baptism uh, was precluded by a confession of sins, but before Christian baptism, it's a confession of Christ. Uh, let, let's get some idea of what's, what's involved in uh, that. Well, no, I, I have a one more I want to look at before we do that. Uh, let, let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Okay, acknowledge means you, you name him, you acknowledge him, you, and some translation have you confess him. Okay, and if you, if you confess or acknowledge him before men, what does he do before the Father in heaven? Acknowledges you. Acknowledges you. Isn't that kind of neat? <laughs> hey, say to say Drake down there. He he confessed me. This this is a guy that believes in me. Your name mentioned in heaven among God and the angels. 
So you can see how important confession is. Now the important thing to remember, I'm going to write this right after confession. This is a commitment. You're confessing Him as Lord. You're confessing Him as a Son of God. You're confessing Him as a person that has the right to rule your life. So, if He asks you to do something, you're saying, I will do what you say, Jesus. This is, this is heavy stuff. It seems pretty simple just to say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But when you do that, you're committing your entire self to Jesus. Let's, uh, let, let's notice what the kind of thing that uh, uh, is involved there. Let, let's, let's look. Okay, I've got a couple of examples down. Uh, let's, let's look at Matthew 16, 16. Now this is Peter, Peter's confession. Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Alright. What was the confession now? That uh, Jesus is Christ, the Son of God. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. The Christ, the anointed one, the King, the Lord of our lives, the Son of God. Son of here means partaking of the nature of. He is divine. I believe that, you see. Now let's go ahead and notice a uh, example after the church was established. Acts 8, chapter, verse 37. Acts 8, okay. Oh, here it is. I found it. Yeah, it's down there in a footnote. Oh, and then it's interesting. This one's in the footnote. Yours may have brackets around it. It could even be in the footnote, as this is. And I will explain that, but go ahead and read it down here. And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay. Now this... It's down there. It's in it. It's it's somewhere in every Bible that I'm familiar with. It may be down there. It may be up there with brackets around it, meaning there's some question about uh, exactly when this became a part of the New Testament. But here's the thing: as far as I know, scholars agree that this was the practice of the early church, and that's how it made its way in there. This is what they did before they would baptize somebody. They would find out that they believe. And what, what was the confession made? Um, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. 
Can you can you read how how the whole thing exactly how it reads there? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay. Fairly simple. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Okay. Hey, do you have any questions at this point? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on now. Let's go to Matthew 28. Somebody, somebody have the sheet <laughs> I gave you up from... Yeah, no, no, the one, the one from the lexicon. Yeah, you bring it to me. I kept trying to think, what, what am I going to need in this, doing this in class? Okay, <laughs> sorry about that. Okay, Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. All right, this is Jesus giving the great commission right, to, his, short. to his disciples. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always. To the end of the age. Okay, sorry, I interrupted you. There. No, I I stopped. This is Jesus to his disciples. He's given what they call the Great Commission. He tells them to go and do what? Uh, make disciples of all make men. Make disciples. Many translations will have teach. A disciple is a learner, so you make a disciple by teaching. Make a disciple or teach. Then do what to them? Uh, Baptize them. Baptize them. Okay, this is this is a kind of a controversial thing. I'm gonna write baptize right here. Now this is a this is a sheet. That's from a Greek dictionary. They're called lexicons. See that Greek lexicon. Now, if you want to know what baptized means, you don't go to a, a modern dictionary. That tells you what it means to people today, not what it meant in Bible times. This does. Can you see it here with me? There's, there's the root, bepto. You can see how that... The, the P doesn't look like a P today, but you know, we all know pi. And that's, an, that's a big... We go there. Okay, now you have here the verb form, baptizo. Now down here are our, <coughs> our, our noun forms, baptisma and baptismas. And this this is uh, baptizo. Is is a our baptize is a Greek word just made into an English word. But they didn't translate it, in other words. Okay, can you can you see there what baptizo means? Immerse. Immerse, okay. And here's baptisma, which is from which we get baptism. And can you see what it means? 
Emergent. Emergent. Sorry, I was a busy day yesterday. And what baptismos means? The act of dipping or immersion. Yeah. Don't ask me what's the difference between immersion and an act of immersion. But you have two different baptisma and baptismos are both noun forms of baptism. And they mean the act of immersion. So this is what the Greek word means, right? I have to, I have to stop and tell a class. When I was in uh, Austria, where they, where they speak, they speak German, I think. And uh, I, was, I was preparing a sermon to be interpreted. So I asked the preacher, what, what's the German word? for baptism. And he said, baptism. <laughs> so if I were to say baptism is immersion, it would come out as baptism is baptism, which is a little strange to me since uh, they're the Lutheran church and they don't immerse. So I don't, I don't know how all that worked out, but that was, I, I couldn't say it exactly like I wanted to. That's you. What am I? <coughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. So, but so that's that's what the lecture says. But you don't have to know Greek to know that we're talking about immersion. A couple of passages here. Let's go to uh, John three twenty. John. 323. John also was baptizing <clears throat> at Anion near Salem because water was plentiful there and people were coming and being baptized. Okay. For John's baptism, water had to be what? Plentiful. Does water have to be plentiful and sprinkling some water or pouring a little water in the head? No. No. Now we'll, we'll see. That look maybe a little clearer. Let's go to Acts 8 again. 36 to 39. And you can you can skip the confession down at the bottom there. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. Okay. What is, here's water. Obviously enough water to get down in. Here's water. And what do they do? They immediately go and baptize him. No, they, what, they, they, 
He wants to be baptized, so what do they do? They baptize him? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they ask for a confession and then baptize him? Well... They go into the water. All, all, all the into, way in the water. I don't know they go into that. the water. And after they baptize them, what, what happens? They came up out of the water. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. I'm a plant. Okay. They go down into the water. They come up out of the water. And uh, when we were touring Europe, we visited many old cathedrals that had 35 to 45 baptistries. They were that wide, deep, had been ported over. Now they had a little, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be uh, mean about this, but a little, little bird bath like a thing over here. And that's where they baptize. Guess what? Today they don't go down into that water in that bird bath. They come up out of that water. Going down into the water implies what? Immersion. Immersion. And coming up out of the water. That which keeps people who sprinkle and pour out of the water but also keep him out today. So this, so he 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 uses for sprinkling. John had much water. He went down into the water. He came up out of the water. Uh, just hold that in the back of your mind. We'll get to Romans chapter six, verse three through six, which speaks of. No, you're not looking for it yet. What speaks of baptism as a burial. We're buried in baptism. We rise to walk in newness of life. Now, having seen that we need to be baptized, let's look at a few verses here. Next we're going to go to Acts. Well, I'm going to do it differently than I have in here. And let's go first of all to Acts 9, verse 11. We're going to look at the we're going to look at the conversion of Saul. The three three passages on the conversion of Saul. Acts 9, Acts 22, and Acts 26. We're going to go to Acts 9 11 now. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to this street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. Okay. This is Jesus talking to the preacher that's got to go and tell Paul what to do. He's seen Jesus on the road. He's been in a room now for three days waiting for somebody to tell him what to do. And what's he been doing for three days? Praying. And what? Praying. 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 The man's seen Jesus. He believes in Jesus. He's been praying for three days. Well, let's see what his condition is. Let's go to Acts 22 and verse 16. 
And now why do you wait? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Okay, this is the preacher talking to him. He tells him to do what? Uh, rise and be baptized. To do what? Uh, and wash away your sins, calling on his name. Wait a minute. He, he believes in Jesus and he's been praying for three days. You mean he still has his sins? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he does. You, you've probably heard the sinner's prayer, right? Heard of it. Huh? Heard of it. Heard of it. I don't know what it Just say a little it. prayer that you believe in Jesus and, and, and you're saved. He had been praying for three days, he still, and he believed in Jesus, but he still had his sins and he needed to be baptized. I, I don't want to be mean, but there's no such thing as the sinner's prayer in the Bible. Okay? No sinner's prayer. And, and incidentally, between now and next time, you might look for the sinner's prayer and see if you can find it, and, and we'll... We'll, we'll bring that into the discussion here. But let's look at another another passage. Look at Mark 16. Verse 15 and 16. Now this is Jesus again giving the Great Commission. He gave it, we read it from Matthew. Now this is from Mark. And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel <clears throat> to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. Okay. Now, he uh, tells them first to do what? Believe. No, no, no. Um, What's the first thing he tells the disciples to <clears throat> Go into all the world and okay, proclaim and the gospel. What? Proclaim the gospel. Okay, proclaim the gospel. So just like, just like in Matthew, it starts out with, with teaching people. You go and you... Preach the gospel to these people. Then, what do they need to do? Uh, believe and be baptized. They need to believe and be baptized. And if they do, what happens? They're saved. They're saved. Stay with me, folks. That was the first bell, right? Okay. We're going to write down here. God. And notice the order. Preach or teach. Believe, and that's always important. Three, baptize. Four, save. Now, men don't always like to leave it that way. I'll put men over here. Some of them say the little babies are born with Adam's sin. And they need to be baptized so they won't go to limbo. So here's man who are going to put baptized. And then they say that saves them so they won't go to limbo. Then when they get old enough, they teach them their catechism. And then number four, uh, then they believe. <coughs> Those two lines look the same? No. Now you've got teach, preach here. You've got baptism, baptism here. You've got 
save, save here, and believe, believe here. So they totally changed God's basic plan. There are others that say, okay, let's teach. Okay, so far. And when they teach, they believe. So they're saved. Oh, and then baptized, sure. And then after they're saved, they're baptized as an outward sign of an inward cleansing. Well, you got priest, priest, that's okay. Believe, believe, okay. But look at here. You got baptized and saved backwards. Now, this, this, and Mark 16, 16 gives us a kind of a pattern of what the early Christians did. And as time permits, we're not going to have time to read all these passages in Acts chapter 2. Uh, you can see in your sheet there that this is an important place to go. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go real easier. Start with verse 37. Just so I can show you how I, how I work Acts 2 in. What was that chapter and verse? Chapter 2, verse 37. Acts. Uh, yes. And then I'll have 38 and 47. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the... Uh, okay, start with 36. I'm sorry. Okay. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made <clears throat> him both Lord and and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And okay, okay, let me. Now, this is Peter. What's the what's, what's thing, what's, what's Peter doing first of all? He's um, preaching. He preached. Jesus is the Son of God. Now, did they believe that? Now, verse 37. <clears throat> now they were cut now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Okay, now we, we stay with Matthew's uh, pattern. After preaching, they believed. And then, if we're following that pattern, what's Peter going to tell them? And Peter said to them... No, 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 just tell me from oh, the rep pattern. Repent and be baptized. Preach, believe, baptize, say. He's going to tell them to do what? Be baptized. Be baptized. Let's see if he does. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every okay, one of you. Okay, Repent and be baptized. Now, if it's following the pattern, preach, believe, baptize, save... What's going to happen as a result of that? Uh, they're saved. Saved! So that set the pattern. And Peter followed that pattern on the first Pentecost after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Now, everybody needs things. We have the past, we have the present, we have the future. And notice, notice 
what we're promised. First of all, we're promised uh, past. We're forgiven the past sins. The present, we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us live a Christian life. Romans chapter 8. And then for the future, now verse 47. Verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number uh, day by day those who were being saved. So, that's the number of, of those that were saved. They're being added to saved. Anyway, this is the number of believers. That's the church. So, in the future, we have the church as God's body to help us live the Christian life and help us in many ways. They become a part of a community of like-minded people living throughout the world. Quote, quote. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's it. The last bit of the last class of the last class. Thank you so much for being so faithful.